Thank you for tuning in to the Metamorpho Podcast with Pastor Abraham Asidu. This podcast is brought to you by Life City Campus Church, University of Ghana. Join us every week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we bring you spirit-filled messages that will transform your life and make you whole. You can listen to the Metamorpho Podcast on Spotify Podcast, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Audiomac, Google Podcast, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Now, the message from God's servant. I'm sharing with you growing unto maturity. Growing unto maturity. I want you to just lift your hands and say, Heavenly Father, this morning I am ready to receive your word and to respond to your word. Your plan for my life, your vision for my life is that I grow unto maturity. Lord, you don't want me to remain just saved, to remain just a church member. You want me to grow. And this morning, I am ready to flow with your will, plan, and purpose for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Now, God wants everyone here to grow. If you look at your life physically, you have been growing, right? Have you been growing? Do you remember your JHS days? And now, you're a big guy, a big man or a big lady. Now, yeah. So, naturally, even naturally, you have to be growing. Have you ever imagined planting some maize, you know, seeds of maize, all right? And then it just germinated. And for 10 months or one year, every day you went, it was just a seedling. It never grew. Maybe somebody will even step on it and that will be it. Is it not factual? Or maybe you saw somebody, a child, you knew the person as a child. The person never grew. You are 20 years and the person is still like, it's strange, it's weird, isn't it? That means even naturally, we are supposed to be growing at all times. Amen. More so spiritually, you're supposed to be growing. In fact, you're supposed to be growing every day, if not every moment. You're supposed to be growing in the Lord. You're supposed to be growing in your knowledge of the Lord. And somebody says, Pastor, but I'm saved. If Jesus comes today, I'll go to heaven. Is it not enough? Well, who thinks it's enough? Me, I don't think it's enough. And in fact, that's not God's plan. That's your own plan. That's not God's plan. This morning, the first thing I want you to know is that God's primary purpose for your life is twofold. Amen. God's primary purpose for your life is twofold. It's two that go together. It's important to understand that the two go together so you don't choose a path. What is God's twofold purpose? It's to save you and to build you up into the fullness of Christ. Everybody say, God's purpose for my life is twofold. To save me and to build me up into the fullness of Christ. To save me and to build me up. To save me and to build me up. It's not just one part. It's twofold. To save me. And to build me up. I know why I'm letting you say it. 
Saying God's word is so powerful. Even reading your notes to yourself is good. You can retain more. When sounds come in, as I was teaching you on Thursday, when sounds come into something, you're able to retain it more. So I want you to know for real that God's purpose, his plan for your life is twofold. It's not just to save you. You see, some people think that, oh, God's plan to save me is one. Whether or not I grow is another thing, but at least I'm saved. That's not God's plan. This morning, I came to provoke you not to be content with just being saved. Oh, but Pastor, I'm saved. Pastor, I don't sin again. Pastor, I don't do bad things again. No. I don't know how to put it. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many of you are wearing shoes? Okay, you are wearing a footwear. Let me see your hands. Okay. So, how many of you are wearing a half pair? You just brought a half pair. One shoe. Let me see your hands. Okay, how many of you are wearing a pair of shoes or a pair of footwear? Let me see your hands. Have you ever asked yourself, why don't you just take one shoe and wear it? Okay, what will happen if you just took one shoe? Princess, what will happen? Abigail, imagine today you chose to just wear one of the shoes. What do you think will happen? It won't be nice. Okay, hold on. So we are moving from you. It can hurt you. Do you hear it can hurt you? Because you could step on something with the unprotected leg, right? And then now somebody is saying, people will look at you some way. In fact, when people see you, they will go, hey, is everything okay? Last week or so, I lent a certain lady in Kumase was in a very nice car. Then when the lady got out of the car, she started talking, 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 and that was it. And they tried to chase the man. They never... You see, she was well-dressed, holding a nice bag. But she started talking. Everybody was like, hey, something's happening to this lady. Imagine they had seen her with just one shoe. Immediately, they would have known, hey, no, no, no. Something is not right. How many of you believe that if you just wore a half pair to church or to lectures, something is not too right? Oh, you agree with me? It's not nice. It's scary. It tells us that not everything is right. You see, that's in the natural. And I'm bringing it to the spiritual realm now. When you choose not to wear God's pair of shoes, so this is God's pair of shoes for you, to save you is on the left, and to build you up is on the right. But the two go together. Okay? So when you just choose to wear half pair, and the easiest half pair to wear is just to wear being saved. It's difficult to say, Pastor me, I'm not wearing being saved, but I'm wearing being built up. It's not possible. Yeah, you just chose, I'm saved. I'm okay. This people, they like church too much. Every time we should come and do morning devotion, every time we should read the Bible, why? It's okay, I'm saved. Another one they brought all night. This one too. Hey, why? Why? No, no, it's okay. It's okay, I'm saved. I don't do bad things. I don't do, I've stopped. The bad things, they said I should stop. I've stopped. Now what again? It's enough. You are wearing a half pair. So, can you imagine how some people, not you, oh, no, you are not part, amen. Some other people are looking in the realm of the spirit. Can you imagine how they are looking? They are wearing half pair. They are just sticking to salvation. They are just sticking to salvation. But I'm telling you this morning that that's not God's plan for you. Wow. So maybe you thought it's enough. You are saved. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you die today, you go to heaven. If Jesus comes today, you go with him. It's enough. The rest is for pastors. It's pastors who pray at dawn and things like that. Me, no. Some of you tell me, Pastor, I don't sleep early. 
Me too, I don't sleep early. Pep, yesterday I finished the prayer around 12.05 a.m. That was when I was also going to sleep. So me too, I didn't sleep early. <laughs> but I had to come and drive some of you to this place. So I woke up earlier, left my house, got to campus, picked you up. So me too, I don't sleep early. But I need you to realize that it's not about, oh, this thing is for some people. It's not for me. It's for you. Amen. Lift your hand and say, today, I have known that basic Christianity is being saved and being built up. Basic Christianity is being saved and being built up. The two go together. So I can't choose only salvation. Amen. So, God wants you to understand a number of things this morning. The first thing is that it's a two-fold process. Okay? It's like a pair of shoes. You cannot wear half pair to lectures. Everybody will laugh at you. Or, let's say somebody here, he combed half of his hair and left the other half. Do you know when you see him, you, you believe that he didn't comb the hair? So the first thing is that it's twofold and you need to experience the two together. Okay, so the second point I want you to know is that God saved you to build you up to be like Jesus. Why did God save you? Some people think that God just saved me and that's it. No. Then the day you got born again, you should have died because God's work in your life is finished. How many of you agree with me? If all God ever wanted to do in your life is to save you. And how many of you have been saved at least for the past one year? Two years, maybe five years. I shouldn't have met you. You should have died the day you got saved. Because God has finished his work in your life. But the reason is that all God wants to do in your life is not just to save you, but to build you up. Amen. Let's read First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. I'm showing you the two-fold process before you think that the oh, pastor has just gone to combine his own things. First Timothy chapter 2, Verses 1 to 4. Is everybody there? Okay. Let's read it together. 1, 2, go. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. I want everybody to look into the Bible. Remember, on Thursday, the first key was what? Give attention to what? Reading. Okay, so verse 2. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, I want you to take note of verses 3 and 4. Let's go verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So, is God our Savior? Okay, look at verse 4. Number 1. Who will have what? All men to be saved. Comma. And. Have you seen the and or and? Have you seen it? Are the two connected so, God will have all men to be saved and some men to continue. Oh. So, can we apply the all men to both of the situations? Okay, so let's read it and then we can get it. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? How many people are to be saved? How many people are to come to the knowledge of the truth? Who is truth? Jesus. Wonderful. So Jesus said, I am the 
way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the truth, right? So watch it. He says, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, immediately he tells you that if you just say, I'm saved, I'm saved. It doesn't mean you have come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh, because he says he wants you to experience those two things. So if you say you are just saved, yes, you are saved, but you don't really know Jesus. That's what he's saying. (laughs) You are saved by Jesus, but you don't really know him. So God is not interested in just saving you, but he's interested in saving you so that you would experientially know Jesus. Experientially. Everybody say experientially. So God wants you to be saved and to come to a place where you experientially know Jesus. We are talking about a knowledge of Jesus that makes you live like him. I said what? A knowledge of Jesus that makes you do what? Live like him. You cannot do that except you are built up. Okay, so number three. He saved us to build us up to live like him. One is leading to the other. And I want to show you another passage. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. You see, we are still establishing this twofold thing, right? So Mark 16, 15 to 18. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and what? Preach the gospel to... Okay, verse 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Okay, so we are seeing the first leg, right? We are seeing saved again. Saved, saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. Now, just before you think Jesus was just done speaking, he adds something. Very intriguing. Look at it. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Hold on, hold on. Verse 16 says, He that believes shall be saved. Right? And then verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow those who believe. How many people can be saved? All. As long as they can believe, right? Now he's saying, These signs shall follow those who believe. So is he talking about those who are saved? Yes. Did he say, some of these signs shall follow some who will believe. Is that what he said? Let's all do verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall what? Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now watch it. How many of you, the first time you ever read this passage, you thought, oh, now Jesus is talking about pastors and elders and prophets. Let me see your hands. That's what you thought. Let me see your hands. Okay, how many of you, the first day you read this passage, you thought that God was talking about you? Let me see your hands. I'm just opening your eyes to this. Just watch it. You realize that it seems the things Jesus is talking about is for some higher believers. How many of you think so? It seems, it seems. They shall do what? They shall cast out devils. Cast out devils? Hey, pastor, no, no, that one is dangerous. Cast out devils? It's not for me. It's for deliverance pastors and other people. Maybe you have at least believed that before. Let me see your hands. Aha. Uh-huh. And then, they shall pick up serpents. Hey, why am I a magician? 
Well, it doesn't mean physical serpents. But it can mean by extension. But he's talking about displacing demons. You know, demons are represented by serpents and scorpions and stuff like that. And then he says, if they drink any deadly thing, shall not harm them. You have not drank any deadly thing. It's just food that was going bad a little. It's not deadly. It's not poison. <laughs> Don't cry. It's worrying you. But watch it. Jesus is talking about those who are saved. So have you realized that in Jesus' mind, you are not just to be saved, but you are supposed to be saved and be built up to become like him. Is this not a Jesus style? Jesus style. This is Jesus. Is it not Jesus who goes about casting devils from people? It's Jesus. Jesus who goes about healing people, laying hands on people. But now he's saying, those who believe will be saved and not just that, these signs shall follow them. I hope you are getting it. That means God's plan for you is not just to be saved, to say, oh, me, I'm saved though. The rest is for the church. It's for pastor and his team. Pastor, you and your team, do the rest. Come and do the church for us. You see, that's why we have come. Come and do the church for us. No, 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 no. It's for you. Amen. I want you to place your hands on your chest and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that these wonderful virtues are for me also. Not just for pastor. Amen. Okay, number four. He saved us to be rooted and established. Now, do you know what I want you to note? I just want you to note how these two events keep going in pairs. Yeah. Wherever you go, he says, who have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Right? And then here he says, those who believe will be saved and these signs shall follow them. So you see, it's something twofold. Okay, so number four, he saved us to be rooted and established in him so we live from him. Now, number three, what I sought to establish was that Jesus is saying, after you have been saved, you have to become like me. That's why you see the Jesus style of things being said about those who believe. So after you are saved, you have to become like Jesus. You have to become like him. Do you believe you have to become like Jesus? It's too high a level, eh? It's too strange. It sounds too high. But that's God's plan. And that is why you must be built up. If you are saved and you don't become like Jesus, you will diminish. You will lose your relevance. I'm telling you. Anything that doesn't grow diminishes. So let's say somewhere along your street, you have three provision stores lined up. Sometimes you see that kind of thing. And I realize that a certain shop, every day you go, they don't have this. Every day you go, they don't have this. Other shops always have new stock. Very soon, you even go and ask them all. You are just going straight to the one who is growing. Isn't that factual? So whenever you are not growing, you will diminish. That is why you have to grow. You want to be a diminished believer? How many of you want to be diminishing? Every day you are diminishing. No, 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 no. Amen. You have to realize that, hey, I have to wake up. Shake your neighbor and say, my dear, wake up. It's time to grow. No diminishing returns. It's time to grow. Amen. This message is so serious to me. I need you to get it. So number four, he saved us to be rooted and established in him so we can live from him. That is big. Maybe when we start talking about the new creation again, I'll touch on living from him. But look at Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Let's all read it together. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now, have you realized that the first line is talking about salvation? It's talking about receiving Jesus. Then he says, after you have received Jesus, you have to walk. 
Some people are sitting. They are just sitting. But he says, have you received Jesus? Yes. It's time to what? Walk. It's time to what? What does it mean? Look at verse 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Does this suggest, oh, pastor, I'm saved though. You take the rest. Do, do the rest. Does this suggest that? No. He's talking about being rooted, being built up. Hey, is he talking about being established? Wow. So, God didn't just save you to come to Christ's life. So that every Sunday you come. Then you take the first seat or the last seat. Far from that. <laughs> Very far from that. He saved you so you will be rooted in him. Amen. How many of you did a bit of agriculture? Why do plants have to be rooted in the soil? Why? Okay, so they can extract. You see, there's something in the soil, in the earth. And they must get a hold of. Water could be part. Nutrients could be part. Many other things are there. So you have to go deeper, deeper, deeper. So you can take a hold of it. So when you are born again, you are born again to grow deeper into Christ. So you can live from him. That's what I meant by live from him. You can draw all the energies, the nutrients from Christ. The anointing, the strength, the power, the fire, the passion. The grace, the righteousness, you can just draw all from Jesus and use it for yourself. Amen. Wow. I think that point is clear. But again, see that it was twofold. He said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, which represents salvation. Is it not true? Then he said, walk, get rooted, get built up, get established, get to a place where you are abounding. So being saved is not enough. It's not even enough for God's primary plan for your life. I'm telling you. How many of you are being challenged this morning to go beyond staying, oh, I'm saved. How many of you are being challenged? Wow. Listen, don't say, as for me, this thing, no, no, no. It's not for me. It's not for me. I mean, this one is for me. I'll come to church. The Sunday day, I'll come. No, no, no. That's not God's plan for you. If I just allow you to come to church every Sunday and I don't tell you this truth, I didn't help you. In fact, God will even ask me why. Do you know that since I have known you, eh, I'm supposed to account for your soul, at least this part of your life, so long as we are all in this school together. I'm supposed to account to God for your soul. What I said to you, which is truth, <laughs> how I should have led you into the right things, I don't want to lose my reward. So I have to tell you the truth. Hallelujah. Okay, so number five. First John chapter 2, verse 6. He saved us so we will live and walk as he walked. So you see, like I was telling you, one feet into the other. We saw walk in Colossians 2.6. Now we are seeing walk in 1 John 2.6. He saved us so we will live and walk as he walked. He saved us so we will live and walk as he walked. 1 John 2.6. Let's shout it together. One to go. He that saith he abides in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Wow. So you are the one saying that you are saved. So you are in Jesus. How many of you are in Jesus? Wow. You are saying it too. So he's saying, if you are saying that you are in Jesus, please be it known to you that you are also supposed to walk even as he walked. It doesn't mean look at how Jesus was walking. No, it means how he conducted his life. His prayer life is your prayer life. A. Some people, they think, hey, pastor, 
Jesus' prayer life is my prayer life. No, no, no. Jesus, no. Pastor, I'll pray two minutes every morning. Or I'll do the cross. I'm fine. But Jesus was praying all night. Oh. I'm saying, Jesus' prayer life is your prayer life. Amen. Okay, what's the meaning of walking as somebody walk? You just tell me. Does it mean you pick and choose? It means you choose the one that is comfortable. You choose everything. That's why Paul said, imitate me as I what? Imitate Christ. Oh, so you can imitate Christ. You can photocopy Christ. Hey. You can be an exact copy of Christ. Hey. But he says, ought himself also. God wants you to know that it's your responsibility to walk as Jesus walked. And it's not for pastors. It's for you. Tell your neighbor, it's for you. It's for you. It's not for Pastor Abi. And pastors and bishops. So, Prisla, tell Israel, Israel, tell Prisla, it's for you. It's not just for pastors. How many of you are getting the drift of the message? So, we have to grow. And we have to grow fast. Those of you who follow football. There's a certain guy called Messi. The Messi you are seeing now, eh? that's not the Messi. <laughs> this Messi, they have induced him to grow. The guy wasn't growing. At age nine or so, everybody was growing. This guy, every day his height is the same. Have you realized that if you have a child or you have a sibling, that everybody is growing, he's not growing, it's a cause for concern. It's worrying. And you want to do something about it. But what are you doing about your spiritual life and your spiritual growth? Maybe it doesn't worry you. I'm not saying worry it doesn't go and sit somewhere and cry. No. But you should realize that, hey, if I'm not growing, I must grow. I must do something. So they have to get some hormones to induce into mercy so that he can grow. <laughs> and you see, maybe it was good they did because he's played the football for them. But he was not growing. The guy wasn't growing. It's like the guy's like this. Oh, at age seven, he's like this. Age nine, he's like this. 13 is like this. 15 is, hey! It's strange. So they had to induce some things then. Now he started growing. That is why you and I, if we realize that we are not like Jesus, we see, every day you can look at your life and look at Jesus' life. Everybody close your eyes. Just close your eyes. I want you to picture Jesus' life. 10 seconds. Picture Jesus' life. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Okay. Now, picture your own life right now. Picture your own life right now. Ten seconds. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Okay, open your eyes. Now, I want you to do the comparison, the graphical comparison of Jesus' life and your life. You don't tell me the results. Skip it. <laughs> but I just want you to know that if you look at the graphs and you realize that Jesus' life is going this way and your own is going this way, it's time to grow. And you have to do everything to grow fast. Amen. Oh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So every day you have to be looking. You have to be looking. Wow. This is how Jesus looks. This is how he behaves. How is my life right now? This is how Jesus used to pray. This is how Jesus used to preach. Some of you, the reason why you have never preached is that you think preaching is for Jesus alone or pastors. But we are supposed to look unto Jesus. And Jesus was always preaching, teaching, healing. Isn't it factual? So, are you imitating Jesus in that field? No. You have created your own version. Maybe try a version of Jesus. You see. So, let me just give you a few verses to help you. I know there's a salvation path. I know. I'm very aware. When you read Luke chapter 19 verse 10, the Bible says, 
For the Son of Man came to what? Seek and to save the lost. So, Jesus came to save. That's the first leg. He really came to save. And when you read John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but be saved and have everlasting life. Right? And then, verse 17 to 18 says, God sent his Son not to condemn the world, but that through him the whole world might be saved. So really, Jesus came to save. And salvation is the first leg of the business. I'll tell you why. And when you read 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, you know, Paul says to Timothy that it is of truth, or it's a true statement that Jesus came to save sinners. And then Paul says, of whom I am chief, or I was chief. So that means Jesus really came to save sinners. That's what he came to do. But Jesus didn't just come to save. So that he would just leave us like that. Okay, so I'm going to tell you some other things Jesus said. Which will ring a bell for you. But remember, if all that God wanted to do in your life was just to save you. The day you got born again, you should have taken your heaven ticket. Once you say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. You are done. The next second, you are gone. That means that's all God wants to do in your life, right? There's nothing more to do. But that's not all. Amen. Yeah, that's not all. Now, how many of you remember Jesus saying, I will build my church? Wow. Okay, who is the church? You. You. Now, so you see, maybe you thought I went to create my own words. Have you realized that Jesus uses build? Build. Okay, let's look at it. Matthew 16, verse 18. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. The same Jesus who said, I came to seek and save the lost. The same Jesus says, I will build my church. That means he didn't just come to seek and save you so that you will be roaming about in the kingdom, but so that you will be built up. Amen. Matthew chapter number 16, verse 18. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, and upon this rock, who will build this church? Pastor David will build this church. Your pastor at home will build this church. Archbishop will build this church. Who will build this church? Jesus. Have you realized that building the church is a key thing on the heart of Jesus? He didn't even say, other people will go and build my church for me. He said, I will build my church. Amen. Now maybe see, when he says you build this church, it means you give us a lot of money. So now we build more church buildings. Okay, fine. Or maybe it means we should be able to come to church. Well, well. I want you to see the kind of building Jesus has his eyes on. Let's take it from, I will build my church. One, two, go. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, Jesus wants to build you up so strong Till you come to the place where nothing the devil throws at you can reach you. I hope you are getting the picture. And that is his primary business in your life. He wants to build you up. He wants to build us up. Individually, he wants to build us up. Collectively, he wants to build us up. He wants to build us up as a triumphant church. Does this suggest to you that the church Jesus will build up will be triumphant? Because he says, the gates of hell 
shall not prevail against it. When we flip it the other way, we can say what? They shall prevail. Wow. That's the kind of building Jesus wants you to be. Hey. Put your hands on your chest. And say, the triumphant believer is the kind of person God wants me to be. And I am that believer who prevails over Satan and the gates of hell. He says the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. Now, the gates of hell, okay, what is in hell? Demons, the devil, all those things, right? So whenever they open the gates of hell, some things come out from hell to attack people. So if the gates of hell shall not prevail against you, that means you can stop the devil from the decision point where they plan. He will not even come out. Does that suggest to you that you can stop sickness? Eh. And you can stop poverty? Does it suggest to you you can stop sin? So have you realized why some saved believers struggle? Because they do not allow God to build them up. Those who struggle with sins, those who struggle with fornication, stealing, those things, they are believers, but they are not allowing God to build them up. So once you are not being built up, when the gates of hell want to open, you cannot close it. <laughs> you cannot prevail against it. But you can be built up so strong, amen, that you can shut every plan of the enemy. You just stop the devil right there. You know, the devil will do something, then he'll present to you that he, I've done this thing, oh, I've gotten you. Then, then, and then you say, devil, you see, you are built up, you rise up. If you are not built up, you will just watch the devil and say, pastor, I've been coming to church, oh. But God didn't stop this thing from coming. No. Jesus didn't say, I'll build my church and I'll stop the gates of hell from prevailing against them. No. He will build his church to be so strong, they will prevail. So you are the one to prevail. Are you seeing it? If you are not built up, how will you prevail? It's like somebody who is every day going to the gym and building his muscles. And you too, for 20 years, you never built your muscles. And then you meet him and you are going to fight with him. How will you prevail? Except you have a device strategy to knock him down. But you realize that, hey, physically you are out. So you must be built up so you can prevail. Amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, seek to be built up so you can prevail. Wow. Thank you for tuning in to the Metamorpho Podcast with Pastor Abraham Asidu. This podcast was brought to you by Life City Campus Church, University of Ghana. Join us every week on Monday. Wednesday and Friday as we bring you spirit-filled messages that will transform your life and make you whole. You can listen to the Metamorpho podcast on Spotify podcast, Amazon Music, Apple podcast, Audiomap, Google podcast, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be part of our in-person services Thursday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 12 p.m. at the Lagan Hall Chapel, University of Ghana. God bless you.